Hi, everybody. Welcome to another podcast from Brand Ethos. Today, we are celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. And so it is only fitting that we have our Latinos, our Hispanics, not really sure where I'm at. We're going to talk about that here shortly. But we have Alexia and Elise and Ace joining me today. This is going to be fun. Hey, guys. Hi. Clearly, I am the most energetic about this podcast right now, but we will work on that with time during this uh, recording. So we are here um, to talk about a lot of things, all things Hispanic heritage. We were just debating what uh, each of our, which each of our labels is. Um, So Hispanic refers to people who speak Spanish who are descended from Spanish speaking populations and Latino refers to people who are from or descended from people in Latin America. That was my little fun fact that I just learned when we were preparing for this, uh, this podcast. Um, so I'd love to kind of kick it over. So Annalise, tell us, are you Hispanic? Are you Latina or are you both? And tell us how that came to be. I'm both. And on top of that, I am also American. I do have an American passport. So it's really, it's, you know, I'm born and raised in Nicaragua. Same with my mom. My grandfather was born in Nicaragua as well. But then my grandmother is Brazilian and her family origins are from Spain and Germany. And then my biological father is American. And so, you know, I'm a little bit of, I always say this when people ask me where I'm from, it's really hard for me to describe because like, oh yeah, I'm from Nicaragua, but sure, I don't look like it. You know why I don't look like it? Because I'm so mixed. And I think that's that's a, a, a topic that trends throughout, not just me, but Latins and Hispanics in general. So I definitely consider myself both. And I also consider myself an American. Legally, I am Nicaraguan and American. So like, okay. legally. And that is what matters. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. What about you, Ace? Uh, Well, I would probably identify more as a, just as an, as a Hispanic, but definitely as an American as well, because I was definitely, I was obviously born here in Miami, um, born and raised, but uh, I would say I grew up in a Spanglish house. Most, more English was spoken in my house than Spanish, but my dad was born in Cuba and then moved kind of all around. He moved to Mexico, then to New Orleans, then to finally to Miami um, after he finished school and got his MBA. Um, and my mom, she was born in uh, the Bronx in New York, but her mom uh, hailed from uh, I'm Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, I, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my my knowledge of my family tree is a little bit rough but and her dad from Nicaragua and exactly her dad my grandfather from her side is from Nicaragua too so I have a bit of a crazy background uh, mix but I would personally probably identify more as a Hispanic and American Um, my Spanish isn't that great (laughs) so more American than Hispanic (laughs) Uh, yeah awesome all right. And Alexia. Um, well, for me, it's kind of funny. So like I, I fully identify as Nicaraguan. I was born and raised over there. However, like my heritage comes straight from France. 
So both of my parents have um, French heritage. My dad's uh, family just came down to Nicaragua and settled there and just kind of stayed there. And then my mom's family, um, they're originally French. And at some point they moved to France. And this is actually a very fun fact. So one of the oldest colonial cities that we have in Nicaragua is called Granada. And my mom's family was actually the founding family of that city. So that's where like the Hispanic um, side of me, I guess, comes down to Nicaragua. And then, well, my parents met there and then they had me. And um, so I'm both. So like, I, th I guess I would consider myself very Hispanic, Latin and French because I grew up around um, all of those cultures, very Nicaraguan fully Nicaraguan right here, but I do embrace a lot um, my French heritage, which has been very important. Were your parents born in Nicaragua? Mm -hmm. They were. Yeah. Do you speak French? A little bit. Do you? Nice. Very cool. Yeah. I'm All trying right. to get better at it because it was never really a language that we spoke at my house. I'm still trying to figure out what happened, when, where, it's like kind of like weird family history. Why did they decide to stop teaching um, French like from one generation to the other one? Because um, I, I kind of have an idea. So again, it's like my dad's family, they were Jewish and they ended up in Nicaragua um, running away from the Nazis in the Second World War. So at some point, like the culture stopped to where... I don't know if it was my grandma or my dad, they just stopped teaching us French. So like um, my grandma actually recently passed away. And when she passed away, we found out like by her sister and um, an uncle that my grandma spoke fully French. She just never admitted to it. And she always told us that she didn't know how to speak French and that she was not going to teach us how to speak French. But um, in like her last days, um, she was speaking French and they were like, whoa, hold up. Like, what are you saying? Like, what's going on? And then, um, my cousins told us that when they were studying their French, my grandma would understand everything and would sometimes even help them. So it was kind of like an interesting fact to like, start realizing like, where did this culture get lost? And like, we just fully became like Latin to where um, parts of like the past, they did not acknowledge their French culture. And then it was like, no, we're from Nicaragua and you're Nica, and this is all that you're supposed to know. And I mean, we kept like all of our French papers, like we're all um, like, I was part of French, um, so I did my military service um, from far away in France and I have my passport and everything. But like, when it comes to culture, it was, like fully Hispanic and Latin culture that was taught to us. Wow. So my great grandmother pulled something like that, but she didn't speak French. Um, so we, I grew up in South Carolina, as we all know, because you can't hide this accent very easily. Um, and my mom's family was from Spain, from a little town called Valladolid, um, very Spaniard. And my dad's family say Spain and Cuba, but my grandfather was born in Key West and he was so proud of that. 
So growing up in South Carolina, there were um, French was taught in elementary school. I went to a small Catholic school where they did not teach a foreign language at a young age, which is interesting. Um, and at the public schools, they taught French, which always my parents were like, you know, there's more countries that speak Spanish. Why are they not teaching Spanish? Um, but I'll leave that there with South Carolina schools, um, which I love. But um, and so long story short, we had to learn Spanish at home. And there was really very few families that spoke Spanish in Spartanburg, South Carolina, as y'all can imagine. And so, but we had to learn to be able to communicate with our grandparents that lived here in Miami. They had um, at that time left Cuba um, and my Spaniard parents came to Miami. They didn't go back to Spain. And so we would come down here and my great grandmother was alive until I think I was in college. So anyhow, so my grandfather, we'd come down and, you know, we'd get to use our Spanish and the first few days were a little rusty. And then by the end of the first week of our, our you know, two visits a year, we were rolling with our Spanish and we were ordering for ourselves at Versailles. And then uh, my grandfather would say, oh, but I speak English because I'm from Key West. Yes, yes. So anyhow, one day, I can't remember how old I was, my great grandmother, you know, she was older, we were sitting on the couch, and I was kind of struggling with my Spanish, and she looked at me and she said, you know, I speak English. <laughs> this woman had not uttered a word of English, and I looked at my parents and I was like, why the hell did I have to learn Spanish? <laughs> If everybody here speaks English, which wasn't the case, and I think similar to probably what happened with your grandmother that, you know, the, the mind um, goes to places and I think she had learned uh, English in probably high school or, or something like that. So, um, but it, I think, I don't know about each of you, but I think it's so meaningful having, especially for me, at least not having grown up in a place that speaks Spanish. You know, my parents worked so hard to give us the little bit of culture that we could just, they could immerse us with in our home. Um, I remember, I tell the story, I remember us packing like bags of like black beans and like we would have extra room in our suitcases because you know, in South Carolina, I'm sure they do now, but, you know, you couldn't get like, you know, plantains and like mariquitas, which I loved and, um, you know, black beans and stuff. So we would have to bring it, uh, you know, from our two trips a year to Miami to be able to have some sort of uh, culture in our, in our diet. So, you know, I think it's kind of cool. Um, I, I feel like I'm failing miserably as a mother, as we're having this podcast, like, have I done a good job with them? <laughs> That'll be a different story. So I don't know. Proud. They're proud of that heritage because I've heard them talk about it. And I've, I've heard your children say Spanish words every so often. And I think that they're not, they're not like some Americanized kids that come from Hispanic. Because I know some of them, you know, that just don't really speak it at all, barely communicate with it and like aren't proud of it. And I think that's one of the main things, people that are proud of it, even if you're not super fluent, even if you don't have the best grammar or the best accent or whatnot, like just the fact that you're proud and you say it and you talk about it is in my opinion, the most important thing, you know, because it, 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 it represents everyone from the Hispanic community and the Latin community. And it, it really makes it a community itself just the fact that you care about it and you try to speak it or at least understand it. That's, that's my opinion on it. No, I, mean, I just, agree. It's not failing miserably. Yeah. <laughs> <You're not. laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> Thank you. I do find living in South Florida, though, they do, there are a lot, you know, they're growing up in a very different environment than certainly than I grew up in, probably more like what you had, Ace. There was probably lots of Latin kids in your childhood. Um, so I do find that they'll sometimes, you know, when they talk about their heritage, they'll lean into Corey's family because they're kind of a melting pot of non-Hispanic um, you know, Polish and um, obviously Leszewski, um, and Irish from his mom's side, et cetera. So they'll be like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a quarter Russian or whatever. And I'm like, no, you're not. So, you know, but I think they're just looking for a way to stand out. So, and I think that's normal, but there is so much to be proud of, of our Hispanic heritage, which is really why uh, we're doing this podcast. Um, so, you know, Alexia, obviously, you know, you're coming from the background that you just gave us, you know, what's, what's the one thing that you're most proud of, of your Nicaraguan culture? Quite frankly, the food. There's just like, I haven't been able to find food like from back home um, anywhere else. And I just love it. Like Nicaraguan culture is just, people are so warm and so kind. And like, I love it. It's just so many things about being Nicaraguan that it's like, man, it's ridiculous, but I'm proud of it. You know, it's like, like you said um, that you, when you were young, you used to bring like beans and stuff in your luggage. Well, half of my luggage, every time I come home, it's filled with food. And it's like, I, I laugh every time because I'm like, if an agent at the airport were to open this luggage, they would probably think I'm crazy <laughs> because I bring so much stuff. And it's like, I just, I can't find it here. No matter how many different kinds of beans I buy and I cook, it's like, no, it doesn't taste like home or like the rice. It's not the same thing. I won't bring rice from back home. I'll just stick to the rice in here. But you know, it's like, I bring chips, I bring coffee, I bring um, pastries, like just things that, that feel like home. So it's like, oh man, I miss my house. And then I'll go into my pantry and then I'll pull out a bag of chips or stuff like that. Or um, I follow these pages in social media that say like, um, like in Nicaragua, we don't say, this we say at that and i think that's beautiful i'm like yeah that is beautiful it's crazy like i feel like nicaraguans were very loud and very party oriented <laughs> um so I, that's something that i miss it's like i'm very proud of it it's just everybody's all like ready out and about to be doing something and it's all it always involves food that is one thing it's like maybe you're just on a Sunday in your house and you're going to have sort of like our version of a barbecue or a cookout. And then you just invite everybody to come over. You're like, okay, it's Sunday. Come over to my house. I have food, stuff like that. Um, and everybody's just always like, they're ready to pull up at your house. Like, you know, being, um, a teenager when I was back home, I remember it was like a Friday, 5 PM. And I'd be like, yo, what are we doing tonight? Like, what's our plan? Like, what do we do? And I remember, you know, like um, our friend group with Annalise, it was always like, well, today's Friday. What are we doing? You know, something would always come up and that's just kind of like sort of what I'm very proud of our culture and our heritage. It's just like, everybody's just there. And it's like a huge family. Like you, you don't even know who they are or where they come from, but they feel like family. So that's great. Let them that's come. awesome. And if I, if I may tag along to that, that question, um, and the food is great. What I will say about the food is that there's a lot of other countries 
and especially in the last two years that I've been living in Miami, I've found lots of comfort on Latin food that might not be from Nicaragua. But even like, for example, shout out to Elena, <laughs> but like Ace's mom cooks, you know, really, really well. And it feels like food from back home, even if it's not specifically Gallo Pinto, or even if it's not, um, you know, specific meals from back home, that Latin food and Hispanic food, even like the croquetas, you know, it makes me feel like I'm home. And sometimes it's it's interesting because all of Central America and a lot of Latin America in general, you know, we have very similar things because at the end of the day, we all come from Spanish descent, most of us here. So my grandfather came from a direct descent of like mesquitos and Spanish, which was something very common. And so that combination creates this culture eventually that is very rich and that spans throughout Mexico all the way to Argentina, you know, even in the Caribbean and stuff. And that is something that you can find through every every country throughout. Every country has its twist on it right and so we get to be so lucky that we can enjoy the food of other countries whilst still feeling at home and talk to people from those other countries and feel like they're part of our community just because they're spanish speak speaking and because we come from the same place at the end of the day i think that's beautiful that's i do and i tell you what's beautiful is elena echevarria's food i think we can all agree that that woman is probably one of the best cooks on the planet. Um, I think my sister, my brother-in-law, their children, my parents, and my family up in Broward, when we're lucky enough to get down there, when she's coming over to my sister's house and we get to taste anything that she's made, literally can be anything. It is amazing. So Ace, I'm going to go ahead and speak for you, but I'm going to ask you the question. What is your favorite part of culture? And it better include food with a mother like Elena. So, yeah, uh, I definitely have to say the food um, to the point where uh, having gone to school in New Orleans was difficult because it was so hard to find Latin food out there. Um, so I I all the yeah, to, to everybody's point, I would also put uh uh, frozen foods, especially frozen lentils in my uh, suitcase whenever I would go home back to New Orleans from home. Um, but yes, Alicia, I would definitely say the food is probably one of the best things uh, of being Latin. There's And especially having grown up in Miami, because Miami is just such a melting pot. You have, it's almost like its own little, own little country. I'd say there's a little taste of every single Latin and Central American country here. And that's just fantastic. Not only is it good for everyone that lives here because they have a little bit of their own country here, but it just feels like home on every single corner. Yeah. Um, and no matter yeah. whose house you go to, no matter where you have dinner at, it's it feels like home because every every Latin home almost has that same sentido where it's like you have that same vibe no matter whose Latin home you're going to. Um, because they have the same family vibe. The food just tastes good. Um, and there's more, most likely there's going to be something or a dish that you love. Um, and that is probably one of your favorites and it's just going to make you feel even more at home. So, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, literally like thinking about my next meal and right now, but we'll leave that there. But 
Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I mean, when we, my mom like is like the best, she makes like fly, like such a good flying. Like it's like renowned, nothing. I mean, I can't even, I would never order it at a restaurant because nothing compares. But when we were younger, she would make um, tortilla española, if you know what that is, which is a, another like super big obsession for me. So there have been birthdays my parents live in Miami now they're they're out of South Carolina that I've said they're like oh what do you want for your birthday I'm like can you just bring me a tortilla española for like from anywhere because I can't really get them good ones in Broward um and you know I just I love it um but I'm a big fan of arepas too oh, I, think so good. I have turned Annalise into a big fan of arepas you Thanks really to my did. Venezuelan brother-in-law, Gonzalo and Anita. Um, so how do you feel about Arepas now, Annalise? Or did, were you in love with them until I started talking about them every well, week? I liked them. I just never knew because I'm new to Miami, right? I don't know all of the restaurants. I don't know all the little secret spots compared to like some people like you that you grew up here. You know, you know all the special places, but like I didn't know where to find really good arepas until you one day I remember we were on the phone and you were like yeah I'm just picking up an arepa from Pana here in the key and I was like there's arepas in the key and I remember I think it was the same week I was like let me go try it out and I I got one from the cheese and I it, it just melted in my mouth it was so good and now I'm never going back is that gonna make me gain weight probably you know yeah, but it cares. So it's food. And it's not even for that's what I mean. Like it's not even from my country. Like it's mm -hmm. not even near. Like it's all the way in the south, but I still I still love it and it still makes me feel at home. Like that's just it's just you know what it is? Um so we like arepas are made from like the the corn flour, like the yellow corn flour, but we eat tortillas with white corn flour. So like, it's the same thing. Like I learned to make arepas um, years ago. I had some Venezuelan friends and I went over to their house and their mom taught me how to make it. So then I started making arepas and like, I'll make arepas for breakfast as much as I'll make a repocheta for breakfast, you know? So it's like, I'll just- put, They probably don't know what a repocheta is. Yeah, so a repocheta is uh, yeah. kind of like our version of an arepa, if you want to think about it. It's a tortilla that we fill up with cheese. Yeah. And then we put it um, like in a skillet or we'll put it in like the oven for the cheese to melt. Ooh. So, and then, oh, it's so good. And then, you know, it's like, I'll do the same thing with the arepa. The difference is like the, in how we cook them or in how we prepare it. And of course you can put a bunch of different things in an arepa, you know, but like, let's say I'll usually eat my arepas with cheese just because it reminds me of home. And like, you know, being here in the States for years and it's been the same thing. Like I haven't been able to find um, a Nicaraguan place, but maybe I'll find a Colombian place or maybe I'll find a Venezuelan place and then I'll go and have arepas. You know, it's just, so good. So it's good. very easy <laughs> to just feel at home from food from other countries. Absolutely. I think that also it brings it to the topic of this year's Hispanic Heritage Month right which is inclusivity and in, I think that the fact that we all have our individual heritages but we include every country into it if that makes sense mm -hmm. like it's it's that combination and that inclusivity of 
other countries and other people that come from different places, but that's still, we feel connected to, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it reminds me a little bit, it reminds, it's almost like the British and the Americans, because there's a ton of Americans that, especially now with like the queen passing and all of that, there's still some connection there where I feel like Americans feel like not that that's your queen, but like that was the queen. You know what I mean? And that culture, I think in some way is similar, to be honest. And that was beautiful to watch the the ceremony and just, you know, just to kind of, I don't know, I, I at least for me, and I, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I did feel like for just that day during her funeral, people just kind of took a minute and they all united, whether you're British or not, or you agree with them, whatever. Like it was just, you know, just kind of took a minute and paused for, you know, the richness of history and, um, you know, which can be good and bad as we all know. Um, and so I think, you know, we, we're, you know, we can't forget things that, that are not great about our history, but, you know, right now, I think we want to celebrate what is great. Obviously, um, I think it's a theme that we all love food and I did forget tacos, but everybody knows I love a good taco, by the way. And so, um, so I think, I think we can all agree on tacos and arepas, um, as, as well. Um, I think before we close out, um, I think we should go around and just, is there just a one quick thing outside of the food that you're most proud of? And we'll start with you, Ace, because you've been the most quiet in uh, this little group of, of ladies. Well, it just in the theme of inclusivity, um, I feel like it's just, it's proud to just be part of Latin America. It's part of the world. Um, it used to not be if um, you remember back in history, this side of the world technically didn't exist um, until the 1400s when it was discovered. But I just think it's nice to kind of be a part of this culture just because and it's it's might be a little bit of a particular story, but Growing up here in Miami, it was never really something to be proud of just because everyone was Latin um, to a certain extent, almost everyone. So at least when I was born, <laughs> maybe not before then, but now at this point, um, it wasn't really something to be too proud of. Um, but then when I went to New Orleans for school, um, I was technically Latin, but I didn't speak really good Spanish. So it was everyone kind of, you know, didn't treat me as a Latin American Uh or a Hispanic, really. So it's just nice to be part of the culture in general, I would say. Yeah, that's sweet. Yep. All right. Uh, Alexia, what's one more thing? Well, you gave uh, us a few other than food, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, just tagging along into something that Ace mentioned earlier about how, like, whenever you go to other Latin or Hispanic houses, you always feel at home. I feel like I'm very proud to be a part of that culture, too, because it's kind of like that Hispanic and Latin warmth that you'll find in houses where we're all very welcoming and um, very nice. And it's just always nice to find other people from other um, Latin cultures or even, you know, like anything that's Hispanic where we find this tiny little thing that we can connect on. And then it's like, whoa, this is great. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm very proud to be I mean, I am absolutely proud of where I come from and I love it. And 
I, I, if I could write it on my forehead every single day where I come from, I would. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just great. right there. Just get it right there. Just get it's a tag right there in my wall. Oh, I have it over there as well. Yeah. So you know, I think it's just really great that like no matter where you come from, we're always very welcoming and very nice. I feel like I really like that about our cultures. You know. In, on that same topic, I'll, I'm going to say music is a really big part of what makes me feel proud of being Hispanic, especially the the Latin like reggaeton community nowadays. I think it's so huge because, and it, it's it's the embodiment of everything we've been talking about. You know, and, and I'm going to bring out some names of artists that I personally absolutely love. So you definitely know Bad Bunny's going to be in there, but you know, Bad Bunny's Puerto Rican. But then you have J Balvin, that's from Colombia. And then you have some people from Panama and some people from Argentina. However, they're all part of this community and they all call it the Latino gang, you know? And that's a thing that connects all of them. And it's it's such a, a it's simplified for the feeling that we all get, but it's in, in the music, you know, that maybe I'm not from Puerto Rico. I'm not from maybe a Nicaraguan artist, like isn't really popular right now, but I still feel like that's my music and like I feel special listening to it and I feel like other people when they listen to it and even when like they get awards and stuff like that like this goes to los latinos in the house this goes to the people that come from this heritage because it's really hard to describe that I think a lot of these countries are very poor a lot of these countries have gone through a lot of problems, a lot of dictatorships, a lot of just really hard paths, right? And then we're the people that get to actually take that culture elsewhere and live it in a safe environment. And I think music is a really good way of putting that out there and connecting it and making it really relevant, not just to the Latin community, but to everyone. And that's one thing that I'm, I'm, that connection is something very hard to describe, but it's something that really makes all of us very unique. And it makes me feel special for sure. Like I even get like a little bit emotional. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Well, my son listens to, I think to reggaeton as his hype music before his uh, basketball and, and volleyball games. I think he was telling me he had it in ones. the car. Like, you know, there's all types of Latin and Hispanic, like, Music. but yeah yeah that's yeah awesome. we've got salsa we've got bachata we've got merengue we've got reggaeton we've got oh my god it's so much and I love it you know a fun fact about all of the latin and like um hispanic descending music is in every single type of music you will find some type of percussion that is like the base of every single um latin hispanic music genre well there you go that's a good fun fact Um, well, I'm going to leave us with my favorite thing, um, which I think is, is the set for me having grown up in the States is having a second language. So I think that it's been, well, here's a fun fact that I probably shouldn't publicize, but, you know, as an, as a mom traveling with my family, 
my husband's the world traveler and he kind of handles all of that for our family. Like I do nothing. He just organizes us. He gets us to the airport, all that stuff. But when we travel abroad, like especially on cruises where we've gone in Mexico, whatever, and I'm the one that's ordering and I'm the one that's getting us around the ability to have that second language and connect makes me feel very proud. And I think the ability to connect with so many different countries that speak Spanish and you know obviously we're bound by you know the Spanish language but each country does have a little bit of a different twist to it so I think being able to speak Spanish and connect with so many different people just makes the world so that much bigger and cooler um and you know I remember my parents going to Italy several times. And if you speak slow enough, you can kind of communicate with the Italian because of the, the base and the romance languages. So, um, so I would say it's just having the ability to, to have a second language, which I can't believe I just said, because I was very arrepentida growing up for the, those of you that know what that means. Um, and so it took me growing up to be, to embrace that. So um, and you guys make me want to embrace it even more because I feel like I am not as in tune with my culture. So that's my homework, I think, to get a little bit uh, a little bit more schooled on where I'm from. So I think also on the business side of it, it's such an asset to be able to speak Spanish, you know, and 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 have that in common with other people. For example, shout out to Humative Group, you know, one of our clients, you know, he lives in Spain. And so sometimes we have to communicate with him in Spanish. And we're just so lucky that we get to do that and make it easier for him. And it's just in general, a better business transaction. Absolutely. Or even TLC in, in the Dominican Republic. So um, yeah. for sure, for sure. So, well, this has been super fun. Um, and I think we'll have to, uh, when we all get together as a team, hopefully before the end of the year, we'll have... I think we'll have some Latin food and take a picture and maybe you'll post it on social. How's that sound? My votes for arepas, but. <laughs> like one dish from each of our countries. We just do a fritanga. Oh, yes. <laughs> what is that? That's basically, that's basically just a huge cookout. Uh, oh, there you go. See, I learned something. <laughs> oh my God. Gotta I'm that. sure Alexia and Annalise could give a better description, but that's basically what it is. <laughs> All right. How about we'll, we'll, I'll give my house and I'll, I'll do the bar <laughs> and you guys can handle the rest. Let's plan it like that. So okay. awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening to another brand ethos podcast. Um, we had a ton of fun and Shout out to all the Latinos and Hispanics around the world um, and our culture. So cheers to that. Saludos. See you next time. <laughs>